Jason, welcome to the first episode of Tectonic by Eisner Amper. Um, thanks for being here and thanks for being our very first guest. So today we're going to talk about everything related to AI. It's been a very hot topic and, um, you know, ChatGPT has been kind of leading, you know, with in five days, I think a hundred million users or something. So it's a lot of people have been asking us about it. If you're one of the best people to talk about it, why don't you um, kind of give us an introduction on yourself and experience and how you kind of use it today with your existing clients or, or prospects. Yeah, and I appreciate it. And thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm Jason Giuliano. I'm the uh, national practice leader for Eisner Amper uh, Digital Transformation. Um, I'm also the chairperson for the CompTIA AI uh, Leaders uh, Council. Um, but I've been working with AI now for over 10 years. Um, in terms of uh, Chad GBT, it's the most chat traction I've seen in the last 10 years in uh, AI. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the flexibility and, you know, market play that they basically provided everyone uh, chat GBT to use and try out. I think that's how, you know, they got so much traffic uh, to begin with. Um, I don't even think they were expecting that kind of traction so quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the website's been down a few times, especially in the you know, early months of like November and December when they first pushed out with uh, the, the GBT3 uh, uh, playground. Um, but now, you know, it's, it's leveraging, you know, generative AI. Um, so it's taking, you know, mix and people are look, looking at use cases and how to integrate it with like conversational AI and digital assistance and then they're leveraging it to do deep bakes. So, yeah, a lot of great use cases. Yeah, I think we're seeing kind of, uh, there's just wild stuff out there in terms of what people have been able to come up with, which is really exciting and also sometimes terrifying. Yeah. Um, so let's start with, you know, the, I'm sure the audience has an idea at this point, just following the news, but from a high level, how does it work exactly? Because as you said, AI has existed for a long time. So why now are we reaching, I guess, the turning point or the climax in this story or this journey um, for AI? So I think uh, people now have the technology in their hands. Everyone does. So it gives them the opportunity to be you know, much more creative. Think of you know, different use cases on how to use it. They've been testing it. And yeah, as you know, with like innovation, you know, you, you basically test and whatever doesn't work, you test something else out and see if that works. So I think that gave them the opportunity to like look at different use cases, right? Like students have been using it now. Um, and yeah, I'm an adjunct professor. We were talking about, you know, how to, uh, you know, enable students to still use chat GPT, but in the same token, you know, make sure that we have plagiarism tools that, you know, look at, look at AI generated content. So like, if we see that, you know, the content is like, you know, 30% or more AI generated, you know, give the kid, you know, zero, but in the same token, allow them to leverage the tool to use it as a, you know, learning tool to help them be more creative and think about, you know, different solutions. It's kind of, it reminds me of the calculator when it first came out. They were hesitant to allow students to use it, but then realized that, you know, it's not about being able to do complex computation in your head. It's about um, using your judgment to solve a problem. And part of that is knowing how to use a calculator in the right way. So that's how I see AI. Um, 
And there's a lot of different kinds of AI, right? So, so ChatGPT is what they call a large language model. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I tried to get in there and understand it from a technical perspective. There's a lot. I mean, if you really get into it, it's very complex how it works. Um, and obviously, we're trying to. The, the objective is to to mimic the uh, general intelligence, right? So the human brain and all of that. Um, but can you tell us a little about the different kinds of models? So is the same AI that talks to you, is it the same AI that generates the imagery like Dolly? Or are they completely different, trained differently, and all of that? No, it's the same model. So um, it's uh, ChatGPT is using uh, the GPT-3 uh, model, um, which you know, uses like transformational AI, generative AI, um, but it's related to text, is related to images, basically taking uh, data that it's learned from and responding to the intent that it's you know receiving, right? So from an image grade, uh, creation perspective, you say, you know, I want to create a teddy bear floating in space, a hundred thousand feet up high from planet Earth. So it'll grab like what it understands about teddy bears and space and earth and cute teddy bears. And then, and then when it generates the imagery, yeah. how does it construct it? Because one is like turning into words and, and getting the understanding in a sense. Right. And then the, the step after that is turning into into data that can be reviewed, right? So, so, so that's where, you know, the training. So with AI, you know, when you first create the model... You know, you're basically, you know, training a toddler, right? And a to- toddler's a sponge, it's grabbing information that is received, right? The look, the feel, and uh, and then the responses. And, you know, if you say, you know, this is a bad response, for instance, it'll learn from that, saying, okay, well, next time I'll, you know, give you other output. So that's how it eventually learns. I mean, I- I've been using it since it came out, and, you know, some of those images are, like, out of whack, right? <laughs> but some of them are... Only right, surprising. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, um, I think one of the tipping points was, I don't know if you've heard of the Lenza app, Ten. where people were basically uploading profile shots of their basically selfies, and then it would generate an anime version of them, like an anime character. I'm sure you've seen yeah, yeah. people use that all the time. Um, and And I think that's really, like, it was a really good example of what AI can do. And it also kind of made it really simple for them to understand what it, how it works um, and, and the power of AI. So that was really cool to see. And then I think ChatGPT, I mean, it's been around forever, but I think after that was when it really started to take off because people got more interested in AI. Um, but um, it also raised some interesting things about like legal because Lenza will take existing art from people without crediting them, for example. All right. And then it'll generate something brand new, right? So if you as an artist were to draw a painting and you were to look at the Mona Lisa and then draw yourself or paint it or whatever, you're protected. Now, is AI also protected? And does that also extend into videos? And like, it's just such a new thing. Um, Have you heard anything about what the industry is trying to do about all this? So, um, and we, we chatted about this a little while ago. I mean, we could go really deep and rabbit hole with this, right? Uh, but I think everyone's trying to get a handle, 
you know, with it, right? The attorneys, right? The judges, uh, the creators, the content creators. Mm-hmm. You know, what's art? What's not art, right? Um, you know, I, I don't know what, the, you know, the future has in, in store for us, but, uh, you know, what's... Because if you, if you look at artists, right? Our artists get their inspiration from what's around them, too. Right, because nothing is truly original. Exactly. So that's what, quite frankly, AI is doing. Right. Um, so just doing it faster than you could do it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, uh, and it, as a human being, I could consider myself as an artist if I leverage AI as a tool to help me because I still have to feed it information. Right. Right. And that takes for its own. Maybe. Yeah. Right. right. So, yeah, that's true. So I guess we'll have to see. I mean, there's going to be probably a lot of court cases like precedent set that will challenge, you know, how, how people, you know. And some of them will just be right, and some of them, will, quite frankly, will be wrong. Right, and I don't know if you can really stop yeah. from doing it. Yeah. Um, I guess this would only apply to commercial entities or something like that. Yeah, and then, you know, ethics is going to be a big portion of that, right? What's right, what's wrong. Yeah, there's going to be a very gray area. Right. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of, of which, Bing, you know, they're, they've, I would say, the first ones that have, on a large scale, implemented AI, um, you know, chat, uh, GPT. I heard they're using not 3.5, but one that's a little bit more fine tuned. And obviously, they have to put in some guardrails. So when it comes to ethics, like it's it's interesting because some people are upset because they, they want AI to be completely neutral, whereas a commercial entity wants it to be, for example, a positive experience at the expense of potentially being objective right right so how, how do you how do you see that kind of playing out i mean a lot of people are complaining um that it's biased or leaning politically in one way or the other obviously microsoft is not intending to promote bias but inherently there's always going to be some bias if you're if you're going to add guardrails to it right so you know what do you think about you know, how that's all playing out. Right. I, I think even that, adding the guardrails to it, uh, you may get some bias in there based on the content that it's learning from. That's true. And, and you're not doing intentional. Because AI is not passing judgment. Exactly. So if like 80% of the facts are incorrect, it's going to say, well, this is, yeah. these are the facts. Yeah. It's, you know, it's going to give you misinformation. So in a way, AI is basically like, the best and worst of humanity distilled in uh, a a soulless kind of tool that you can you can tap into the collect- collective conscience in a way to get an understanding of what people believe, but it won't necessarily tell you what's right or wrong, right? Right. Now, the challenge with Microsoft is that they're going to be leveraging it to commercialize it. So, you know, they they have a responsibility. Right. To make sure that th- there's a governance model in place to make corrections as they see, you know, the output of, you know, the open AI integrated into the Microsoft ecosystem is correct, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, right now you, you mentioned that they're, they're basically layering their secret sauce on top of GPT 3.5, but um, we all know GPT three uh, GPT four is coming out this year, mm-hmm. and uh, and Google you know is introducing Google Sparrow and Bard, and you know when that happens, yeah, they're saying that could be you know Chat GPT on steroids. 
Right. So we'll see what happens with that, right? I, I imagine just predicting the future or trying to, you'll have an AI that will evaluate AIs for their bias and expose all of them in a way. It's been happening already. Yeah. We, we got AI, AI models that teach other AI models. Right. Uh, it's a big use case in financial services um, where you know, they've created like an AI governance model that basically helps train other AI models. Um, yeah. And yeah, look, you know, we're testing it, right? We created you know, our digital assistants with Maya and Faith, and we're teaching it. Yeah, information from accounting advisory firms to understand what we do, understand our, about our clients, create like a digital concierge assistant internally to help our employees, right? I mean, another five years from now, yeah, I believe every worker, when they log in in the morning, they're going to have their little digital, digital assistant helping them, you know, basically can't work on their tasks throughout the day. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So can you tell me more about some of the, these practical applications? Um Especially in terms of like the platforms out there. I mean, I know Amazon has like SageMaker and they have things built on top of their analytics tools that, that have AI incorporated, uh, but it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people have been using them just yet. Or maybe they are and people just don't notice because it's that streamlined. But, um, it's the ladder. Yeah. What was that? It's the ladder. People are not noticing this. Yeah. I guess seated into their, their process. I guess that's when, that's when AI is. That's how you know it's good, right? It's when you don't notice it. Because if you noticed it, then it's not passing the, what was it, the Turing test? Yeah. Um, yeah, the uh, USAA bank, they've been using IBM Watson uh, virtual assistant for years now, right? Mm -hmm. So when you actually talk to, like, the digital agent, you're talking to IBM Watson. Really? And it's having that conversation with you, right? Okay, and that's connected to their banking platform, and it's and totally integrated into their workflow. Well, and I think that's probably one of the best use cases. If someone someone wants a personalized assistant to help them through a new piece of software, it makes sense that an AI that's been trained on the software can just answer literally any question. Yeah, they have. Um, so I can see that. You know, what are some of the more exciting use cases that you've seen? Um, you know, either with your own clients or just in general. I mean, uh, from a personal perspective, it's definitely that um, content creation around video and images. Um, it's just crazy what yeah you know, these AI models come up with, right? Yeah, I've seen uh, someone um, on YouTube or maybe I linked it. He basically recorded a video and he had the the AI swap out the name that you know instead of saying hi jason it would say hi john hi bob hi mary whatever yeah and that way he can make it seem like he's personalizing every single video that goes out but it's not personalized and um it's it's really interesting to kind of try to navigate that from a ethical perspective not that it's unethical but i think in the future it seems like people will probably have to change the way they see um, a video like that. If it seems completely, like if they're completely fooled, they still have to be skeptical. And that makes me wonder, is that good or bad for society that we now have to be basically question everything, even if it seems completely legitimate. And maybe we have to go back to being face-to-face -face all the time. I mean, the first time I saw a deep fake was that uh, Obama deep fake they did a couple years ago, right? And, yeah. Yeah. 
It was pretty good. Yeah, definitely pretty impressive. Have you uh, have you seen uh, lately? They've been doing deep fakes where all the previous presidents yeah. are playing like Minecraft or yeah. Counter Strike together, and um, it's like Biden's yelling at Obama and Trump is like, "You guys are idiots." They're just like banter. <laughs> It, and it's really entertaining because it sounds like Biden, Trump, and... Oh. Yeah, I mean, and you're using different pieces of AI, right? So you use a speech-to-text natural language processing to record your voice, right? Right. And then you layer in this generative AI model to, like, understand what you're saying and incorporate that speech-to-text into, like, that imagery, right? Right. And it, it also incorporates, like, the, the facial movements and, like... Yeah, and the hand movies that we're doing right now, right? Right. And that, and that's when it becomes so realistic because this is what you know normal humans do from a day to day perspective. So, what do you think? I mean, the sky's the limit, obviously, but what? How far can we get with this technology? I mean, one of the predictions I kind of came up with is that within ten years, and this is crazy, within ten years, I think it'll be possible for every person to have their own personalized assistant that has um all the context within their life kind of embedded in the knowledge that your personal ai is trained on um and it'll be able to interject and um you know maybe using ar it'll like show you things almost like your buddies right next to you and it can be as simple as like having an extra microphone camera it sees and hears what you see in here and then it's on the fly it's basically processing the world around you and um maybe even doing like facial recognition so if I could, I could be talking to somebody and it can say hey this guy seems anxious it can tell you afterwards like this guy seemed anxious at like the 30 second mark of your conversation which is crazy to think about but it's entirely possible the technology exists in it and it does right i mean google goggles right yeah they didn't make it because not because of the technology they didn't make it because people privacy issues they didn't okay. know when someone was like recording them through their, you know, goggles or right. like, uh, I, I was on a call. I have, uh, the Bose, um, uh, uh, was it the, the book Bluetooth, uh, Bose with the mic and the, the headset that's built in. Right. And I, I was having a conversation from a conversation. I was next to folks and they were like, oh, look, they and great look, it's amazing. Right. <laughs> so, um, I, I think, and then Ray bad did this recently with Facebook and not yeah, just, Right. Where and it looks pretty good. It's a it's, kit. And strange to sell. Yeah. And uh I mean what they did to try to limit the the privacy issues, they created a small little light. So when you're recording it shows. light shows, right? Right. So they all being yeah, that'll change everyone's perception. But you know, the technology is here today. I could create a digital twin of myself. Mm -hmm. You know, basically, you know, teach it, you know, basically, you know, talk to it. You know, I could journalize through this model. And um, and tell them like my persona. I could give them my dispersona, right? And then they could understand who I am as a human being, and quite frankly, create like an avatar. And right. If I you know tell you this earth, where you are on the Myers Briggs personality. Yeah, exactly. My kids could talk to this thing forever. Right. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. They raise children because um, well, not raise children, but bring up the the topic. Um. Like imagine someone passing away prematurely, but they they have a version of their dad or the version of their mom that can kind of guide them through life. Uh, like let's say they're ten years old, and you know, well there was a, I think there was a uh, was a Black Mirror, you know that show? Yeah. 
There was, I think there was an episode on that. I think so, yeah. Where like a, a wife passed away or something and the guy was talking to her on a phone, but it was, you know, uh, it's it's crazy to think what's possible, but. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the technology is already here. And some of the technology isn't great. Right. Um, it's like a dollar, right? It's learning. And some of it is just CPU bottlenecks that will. And some people just don't know it exists today. Right? That's true. So, you know, um, you know, as a firm, you know, our job is to be the storytellers, right? And look at what our clients are going through and how we could leverage. To find the different solutions. Yeah. And leveraging all these emerging technology solutions to solve business problems, right? So it could be any bit. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many startups now and it's funny. There's a, there's a, a joke or a meme on LinkedIn about. AI startups being like, oh, I implemented the uh, API for ChatGPT and called it a startup. But it is really that simple. Sometimes you just you just need a good idea. And um, but there's so many of them now. How how do you keep up? You know, a lot of people have asked me like, it's too much, it's overwhelming. I don't even know what's possible. I know that yeah, I could help me in like 500 things throughout my day. But like signing up for 500 services is overwhelming. You know, what do you? It seems to me, and I would love to know your take, that the end game is that you're going to have a roll-up and it's going to be basically like office-related stuff, tasks and, and automations and assisting, uh, assisting, and then personal level stuff. And then there will be suites, like the next Microsoft Office 365 will be like um, AI personal 365 and then AI work 365, you know what I mean? Something like that. Um, but, you know, what do you think of how the landscape is, is kind of... I, I think this use case uh, could be used by literally everyone, right? So I'm actually writing a book. I've been writing a book for uh, a long time. I've got like a couple of chapters. But, you know, I just walk, I got stuck. So I basically fed in... And then I created five chapters already. I fed it in through ChatGBT and mm -hmm. GPT-3... Uh, Playground. So you're all five chapters. All five chapters. So it knows what I'm writing about. And I said, can you give me a relative uh, outline of uh, future chapters? Oh, okay. And saw in the content that. So I prompted it, right? Right. And it gave me like, it gave me like 30 different uh, chapters and ideas that I could write on. So, which I, from there, I wrote additional two chapters and mm -hmm. you know, so on and so forth. So I, I used it as a digital assistant to you know, help me just be much more creative, right? Yeah. So like, you know, people that are creating content, you know, people that want to send like a formal email, leverage these tools, just prompt it. Hey, I'm looking to send an email to the ABC person. Uh, and this is what I'm planning to get out of it. Can you help me, you know, create this? It's funny you mentioned that. I, on Reddit, I saw someone use ChatGPT to take a passive aggressive email they wrote and to make it so basically they told it yeah, to remove the passive aggression from this email they were like i guess upset at somebody but they wanted to like say the same things without it seeming aggressive yeah and I, trust like i was floored because it's like yeah it makes sense but like imagine having to like clear your head take your emotion out of it and then sit there for an hour like revising words like this this thing that did it in seconds yeah and it's so useful. Yeah. What one thing that's crazy is uh, I was talking to a therapist, and they were talking about how in the future they expect, um, like AI to be, to take a string of videos of of like a child as they develop, and be able to say what kind of, um, 
like as a diagnostic tool, what kind of issues they have from a developmental perspective. And then um, it'll assist the parents in providing activities for the, the child to learn more skills like patience or stuff like that. Or it can even diagnose like people who they don't have deep-seated emotional trauma. If your AI is with you from from birth, and like I know it sounds dystopian, but imagine like your your two-year-old now has an AI assistant that's always on them and keeps them safe too, because you know, there's predators and Sometimes it's very nuanced, like who do you trust and who do you not trust? Um, it's, it, it, it's kind of weird to think that everyone's going to have this level of personal surveillance, but I don't know, it's, it's kind of um, anarchist in a way, but it makes sense that that's the end goal because of how useful it'll be for each individual person that kind of leverages it. Yeah, and then, you know, the conversation will come into play about privacy, right? Right. Because now they know too much about you. Right. Well, it's your AI. It's, is it okay that it knows too much about you? But, you know, we have to make sure that it's protected. Right. And then no one could get to it, right? Right. Because this is setting some... That's, I mean, that's a level... Like... The, it, but, the, but it is emotion. You can right. really capture it. But you know what's crazy? I mean, you know, Facebook came in the middle of our lives, right, for us. But there are some people who are born with it. And... um for us, privacy was a big thing, and I'm, I'm sure it's still a big thing for a lot of people, but every subsequent generation seems to be more and more willing to give up privacy for convenience. Okay. It seems that way, but... So I'll, I'll, I'll take, uh, you know, uh, a devil's advocate approach, right? Yeah. Um, so what if you introduce in the government, like, social credit score? Have you heard what China's doing? I haven't. I've heard of the concepts, but... So you could take that information and provide, um, I don't think your views and the way you well, live your life um, is up to par to like our citizens. So I'm going to give you a lower social credit score. And, and this is the, the Chinese government doing this? Yeah. Yeah. It's been in, in existence for a while. They, years. Yeah. So they're basically, they're... Taking data from like social media and stuff. Hey, if you cross the street at, uh, at a red light, your social credit score will go down. Using facial recognition? Yeah. Oh, wow. That exists today. That exists today in China. In China, yeah. That's wild. Man. Yeah. So, like, we have to be careful with stuff like that, right? Right. Yeah. Because on a personal level, uh, if that data doesn't get out, that's one thing. But if it's being, if the, if the government's eventually like, well, you have no choice now, you, your data is plugged into our systems and the NSA now has a whole new yeah. ballpark to play. Have you watched Minority Report? I say, so, uh, so, I love that movie. Yeah, so you, you can actually create predictive analytics, you know, based on that and predict if the guy is going to, or the girl, right, is going to, you know, break the law, right? Right. Just based on their patterns. Yeah, that's interesting. And um, I guess what I saw, it, I never thought, but the technology is there. Yeah. To some degree, yeah. it might not be hundred percent, but neither was on an intent of whoever uses it, and if they're powerful enough to use it, and and that's why I feel like AI is simply an extension of human consciousness. So if we want to use it for good or evil, it's going to happen, and the tools that we create to you know protect ourselves from AI and also you know help further our own kind of um, goals. It's all of it, kind of within our, our power. So any problems or solutions that come from it is 
merely an extension of our own will in a, in a sense. So that's why like, I worry about AI, but not because of AI, but because of how people will. Yeah. It's the ethics behind it, right? Right. And uh, it's uh, in this conversation of AI, it is very easy to go into a rabbit hole. And, uh, you know, they, we're going to have debates to the end of time related to AI. All right. Well, thanks again. I appreciate your time. And hopefully we'll talk again soon.